How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's 4.05 on the dot. Now, rugby league in the NRL seems to be, there seems to be an impasse between the Rugby League Players Association and the NRL because they don't have an agreed collective bargaining agreement. Well, the man that has to try and work through the corridors of power on behalf of the players is Clint Newton. He's the CEO of the Rugby League Players Association. He joins us right now. Thanks for joining us, buddy. I know it's a a crazy time for you and it's pre-season. You'd love all this stuff to be out of the way. Can you just lay out what are the key areas that there is no agreement on? Yeah, thanks for having me on. And uh, Yeah, it's it's obviously there's plenty going on at the moment. I think that one of the, the first things to call out up front is that um, players have absolutely tried to respect the negotiating process, um, but because of the latest proposal where it would see players going you know, backwards in a number of key areas that are associated with their collective terms of, uh, and conditions, they no longer feel comfortable doing promotional and commercial activities for the NRL. Now, some of those things may continue, but it's an important one to call out. Now, with regards to some of the major issues, we're really talking about the revenue share model means if the revenues go up, the player's share goes up too. That's the deal. The game's revenues is going up by just over 25%, and so that means player share should go up at that. Um, but it's not, because what's happening is it's an inflated position because there's many things that weren't in the previous agreement um, that were not inside our model that are now being dumped in that model. It's also important to call out that the overall number that is being promoted is going to players, the $1.3 billion, We've got to compare apples to apples there around the fact that what was guaranteed to players, about 600-odd players, was the $980 million in the previous term. Well, now we're probably looking at uh, you know, people inside the new term, 23 to 27, is almost 1,000. Right. So you're talking about big increases in players, so therefore that's that. The other key part outside of the financial element is really related to the agreement rights over players' core terms of employment. Again, uh, listen to what players are saying. Yes, players are saying that this isn't about just their pay. It's They want the details. They want a lot of attention paid to the details, which is around contract security and certainty for the women. Better injury hardship funds for players whose career is ruined or significantly hampered by injury. Past player programs and support. You know, for those that have dug the well, they're actually trying to have money put aside for players in hardship that have that played 40 years ago. You know, um, medical support funds for players that that need to pay for surgeries as a result of playing because players are excluded from the workers' compensation legislation. Agreement rights over their core employment terms don't increase the number of matches in a season without players agreeing to it. Don't increase the the amount of fines or sanctions without the players agreeing to it. They are core employment. Give the women agreement rights on their pregnancy policy, their parental policy. I I reckon that 
really, they're the key areas that we're trying to resolve here. It's it, it, it it's it's staggering that you now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Has this been going on since late 21? Yes. So, so that's again, it, it, it's an important call out you've, you've just raised there. But this has been going since November 2021. So players haven't just responded in the last few days and taken this action um, illegitimately. Like this has been a gradual build over the last 14, nearly 15 months. You know, and so that's where the frustration has come from. Started in November. Christian Welsh has been, you know, very public about it and showed plenty of courage um, in representing the players' views. In it took several months to get, you know, accurate financials because you you need the financials, you know, um, accurately put forward to you before you actually start negotiating. Because if you're, you're operating on numbers that are wrong, well, then you're you're starting from a terrible position at the beginning. Then, obviously, we had our above forecast issues around the fact that we had to work through that process and secure that money for play. Um, and then, obviously, there's been several substandard proposals put forward, which we understand is all part of the process. You know, However, um, there's been a considerable wastage of time, and we actually haven't really got into the nitty-gritty of you know, negotiating. And then we've got the women's, who obviously are just trying to secure their first ever CBO. So... Really, um, this is a gradual build-up as well as the dropping of their salary cap pre-Christmas. No other code, you know, to my knowledge, in recent history has ever done that. So, um, so stop, that, stop, yeah. stop right there because you make a really good point about, and that was the one that we're all going, oh, great, salary cap's going up, players are going to get more, they must be happy. Where has the lack of transparency and communication fallen down between you, the RLPA, and the NRL Commission? Well, the, the important part to mention here is, like, we are the players. You know, we are uh, an extension and reflection of them. Like, we're run by players. We have a very strong governance model where we've got um, 50% of our players um, take up on the board. So, um, so we've got four male players and two female players. And then we've got six non-financial directors with incredible amount of corporate experience. Um, on there. So I, we have a governance model and, and then we've obviously got our leadership structure. We've got leaders across all, all players. What I'm saying is, is the fact that we can't make any decision, or certainly I can't, without working through a proper process with our board, with our player leaders, and then inside the negotiation, we effectively nearly bring a player to just about every meeting, you know, because it's their terms and conditions. They need to ensure that our player leaders are across it and then those players then communicate with the collective about where things yeah. went on that day. Now, what's happening with the players, and they certainly feel this, is that they go into the negotiations, they feel it's going a certain way, and then the, pro- the proposals don't reflect how they thought the meetings went. You know, and again, what we're, what we're seeing is that you know, with the latest proposal is that what triggered their response is that in many areas from the, the CBA of 2018 to 2022 to the one that is being pulled forward now, 23 to 27, there's a lot of areas that are going backwards and that's, um, it's not a great demonstration of respect to the players. Are that's you, why they feel that way. Are you shaking your head on this one? Because this, to me, uh, stands out as quite 
ridiculous considering this is an organisation that was spruiking itself as uh, getting itself through COVID, surviving through COVID, then signing extended broadcast deals, touting another 25% of the salary cap. Yet the meat in the sandwich, which is always the players, the entertainers, are almost being, well, not snubbed is not the wrong word, but treated disrespectfully. Would that be fair or unfair to say? No, I think this is, it's a, I don't think it's unfair. Um, I mean, again, you're talking about the fact that um, that players, have, we, we've been holding players back, if I'm being honest, and I've consistently explained this to many of the stakeholders, um, that they've wanted their, their terms and conditions agreed long before now. We originally thought that they would be agreed pre-origin in 2022. Now, again, um, the, you know, the, the players are choosing to do this um, and to take a stand. And, and in my 20 years of being a player or administration, even longer, um, you know, I've never seen a, such a united playing group. In 120 years of the game, we've never seen such a mass display of player unity um, and willingness to stand firm on positions. So that must tell you something, you know, about what's, what's happening. They are educated, they are informed, and they're committed. And, and look, everything they're going for is with absolutely noble intention. Uh, and so, again, what, what they won't stand for is they, they will absolutely dispute the, this whole rhetoric which, as we know, you know, rhetoric is no substitute yeah. for reality. Yeah. Um, about being greedy, you know, they are trying to be responsible. If this was greed, everything else outside of player salaries, they would just say, dump it all in salary. Don't worry about anything else, because all the other areas the players pay for of their share. You're talking about retirement accounts, injury hardship funds, uh, RLPA payments, wellbeing education payments. All of those support services that go towards players, they are responsibly not just dumping everything into salary. So, um, so yeah. So where are you now? Where, where does it stand at this particular junction in time with the NRL Commission and their Rugby League Players Association? Yeah, so obviously we want to, we'll continue to negotiate, um, certainly in good faith. Um, you know, we'll... You know, I'll meet with the NRL. We'll continue to work through it. Look, this can be resolved. Um, absolutely, it can, and I'm optimistic about that. Um, I, I don't think there's really any other option that you, you that you want to fill your head with. Um, but again, we'll we'll turn a few things around. We'll provide that to you know to the NRL, and then really we hope that we can reach a, an agreement in in the in the next few weeks. I think that the biggest the biggest group or the the it, that's significantly impacted at the moment are the women, um, given the fact that they they don't have they don't even have a CBA um, because of the fact that they we've never been able to secure one um, in the women's space with the only major code that doesn't have a women's CBA. Um, and we need one. Our game deserves one and our players deserve one. Why? Because the mums and dads of the world, they want to know that when their daughter comes and plays rugby league, they're going to have protection, support, and high-performance environments where their child and their girl is yeah. going to perform their best. I don't think that's unreasonable. No, no, as well it's, as it's having not. Ro- ro- rights to their terms and conditions. Um, so I am confident we'll get an agreement. 
and I hope we have it soon. Okay. Will you recommend, if there continues to be a, shall we say, a stalling nature or lack of transparency from the NRL, will you recommend, as head of the RLPA, that players don't play round one, to make that stand? Well, I think that what you've got to do is that that right now, players are fully focused on this current decision, which is they don't feel comfortable um, uh, fulfilling Mm. NRL promotional and commercial activity. Um, because of what's going on at the moment. Um, from a player's perspective, um, all, all options are on the table. But at the end of the day, I think over the last 12 months, we've seen players not take action in Origin, not take action in finals, not take action in World Cups, um, all key milestone events, which has a massive platform because they wanted to get a deal done. Now, maybe from a, the player's perspective, that was seen as a sign of weakness and maybe they weren't solid and maybe they didn't really care about all these things. But from from the, their position now is that we can't control how the NRL respond um, and how they want to go about um, you know, the next few weeks. All the players can do is do what they're doing now, continue to prepare um, for the season, which they're absolutely doing, yeah. um, because they love the game, they want to play for the fans and they don't want to impact fans. That's why they haven't done anything until now. But it has got to a point where they don't feel listened to um, or respected. And it's about just listening, letting it wash over you. If you feel aggrieved about the way players are going about it, let it wash over you. And then let's try and sort this out in the coming weeks. Do you have a cordial relationship with Andrew Abdo and Peter Volandes? Look, I think like most associations globally, um, you, you're always going to butt heads on certain issues. I mean, that's what drives codes forward. You know, make no mistake, over the last, you know, you know well, ever since players had representation, codes with strong players association have actually come forward in leaps and bounds. Why? Because when you've got someone that's going to be looking after the interests of the players whilst also taking the perspective of the whole of game, then you're going to fight for things like your terms and conditions, agreement rights, increasing of pay and protection and support and these retirement accounts and injury hardship funds because what that does is you're creating a great environment for people to play and prepare and train their best to play their best. So then all the terms and conditions and all the environments, become it becomes a better workplace. So, um, so but you can also be a strong adversary and a strong supporter. Completely. It can be both. No, you, you're, you're on the money. At a personal level, are you disappointed that you haven't been able to fix this up and get it sorted when it started all the way back in 21? Absolutely, I'm disappointed. Like, again, I love the game. Yeah. I've been a, been a, one of my earliest memories were going to watch Parramatta with my dad when Jack Gibson was coaching. <laughs> wow. You know, and then the moment the Knights came into the, uh, the, the competition in 1988, my dad flipped and went and um, started supporting the Knights. My best memories are, you know, going and watching my heroes at Marathon Stadium, going and watching State of Origin, watching Michael O'Connor kick that goal. I was right behind him in about Bay 16, you know, with my dad in the pouring rain, you know, my family. Like, I, we love the game. So does our team, like, that works here at the RLPA. So, yes, I am disappointed because... You want what's best for the game. But you can't compromise on things that are best for the people that put on the show.
Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you, and it's all, it's all about those that are putting on the show. One final thought. Can you get it done before the season openers? Mate, I'm, an, I'm away. I'm an optimist, right? Yeah. Um, so so uh, if we bunker down and really rip into it, genuinely, yes. like really negotiate, because we actually haven't done a whole lot of that, if I'm being honest, um, as surprising as that may sound, um, then I believe we can certainly get it to a point which will um, reduce some of the issues that are going on at the moment. But the players are resolute. It's very difficult um, to then get the players to come off certain positions unless they're seen as genuine movement from the other side. So I, I live in hope. Fair play, mate. That's what rugby league is all about. Take the battle to them. Clint Newton, I appreciate your time, mate. Thanks so much. Not a problem. Clint Newton, the CEO of the uh, Rugby League Players Association. Wow. Wow. So, so there you go. He's made it quite clear. Made it quite clear. This is not a money grab. This is more about player welfare and conditions. And you will have noticed when he was talking, it was about uh, things like injury hardship, uh, support, particularly for the women's game who do not have a collective bargaining agreement. It's simple employment terms and conditions. It's been going since 2021. What do you think? Get on the Makita New Zealand phone line if you want to have a yarn about that one. Makita Rule the Outdoors, 0800 1508 11, 0800 1508 11. Or you can get on the Temper text machine. That's 8833, thanks to Temper and Bedpost like no other. What do you think will happen? Will the NRL start on time? And are they doing the right thing by holding out and saying, no, you've got to look after us because we are the show? That's what he said. The players of the show, and I've got to say, he is on the money.